friends. Okay. She, How did your Florida trip go? <laughs> to put it in like a few words, I'll say Tom Cruise's house, dolphins, putt, putt, flying for the first time. I have lot, more questions. A lot of family. Yeah. A lot of kids. Yes. A lot of good food. Yes. Breakfast dates. So that, fun. that encompasses a lot of okay. the whole thing. And you took a picture with the statue I sent you to yes, take yes, a picture yes, with. Yes. I appreciate Taylor, that. Yes. 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 Can, I appreciate that. Can we get back to Tom Cruise's house? So Tom Cruise is building or he has built a house, um, I guess off the marina or whatever you call it, the bay or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it is hilarious because it's right next to this tiny pink house. <laughs> and then there's just this huge glass house beside it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we went by it on the boat and took a picture. And we saw dolphins around the same time. Yeah. So got to see dolphins quite a few times. Lots of really famous people have houses in Sarasota. Like, But Tom Cruise lives in a glass house? Well, it was, it was like <laughs> huge glass windows. Okay. Yeah, so I was like... Yeah. Get some stones thrown at that house, probably. Yes, you talk yes. gun, you do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. Hello, and welcome to The Second Look, a podcast of The Grove Church. My name is Colton. I'm becoming a member here, and today I'm joined by... Margie Mason, co-founder of The Grove and covenant member here. And... I'm Zach Mason, one of the pastors here. And it's Wednesday. You made it. You're halfway through the week, and if you're at the halfway point and you find you need rest and comfort, if you feel worthless and wonder if God even cares, if you failed this week and need strength, if you need a savior for your sin, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, and to anyone else who is listening, this podcast is for you, and we welcome you. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> excited to be here. We're I, uh, really Zach's happy to have you. first time. Yeah, I'm you. a huge fan of the podcast. This is like a little unreal to be up here <laughs> and be on it. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I just got done preaching, and now you're you get to actually be on the podcast where yeah. we talk about what we just talked about. This is where the real ministry happens here, guys. Yeah, people are listening to this thing. It's wild. I love it's it. Awesome. It's awesome. Well, we love it. Well, Margie, uh, you're going to be reading for us today. Yes. You want to read our passage? Yeah. So we did Luke sixteen fourteen through eighteen. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all of these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, "You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts." For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. And that is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thanks be to God. It's great. Amen. amen. Randy amen. always says amen, amen. Yeah. amen I'm amen. used to okay. it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not Randy. <laughs> I know. He just know. does it and I'm used to sorry. it. Sorry. That's okay. a good text though. It was, it was great. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, good job picking that text. Yeah, yeah it was just next. <laughs> <laughs> People all are right. like, well, how do you figure out to preach on? It's just whatever first is next, yeah. man. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Uh, wherever we stopped, we start there. Start next, yeah. 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 So what do you guys think of the sermon? Uh, just a couple notes. I thought it was great. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> Best ones I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually good. I read this week. It was actually good. I didn't yeah, you mean did that. say that. I'm sorry. That real. Normally it's here. not good, but this one's actually pretty this good. This one's actually okay. I mean, I read the verses this week and I was so confused when I was reading them and so confused to the point where I did not think I was in the right. That's my biggest fear is going up there and actually getting, I'm like in the wrong book yeah. or something to start reading. So anyway, so yeah, I was very surprised on how after you did preach, like it did all come together super well. And I was like, wow, I went from, I thought I was in the wrong text to like, this totally applies from last week. 
I thought it was great. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. That's very kind. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this sermon a lot. It's been a week since I, because I was in Florida, uh, as you'll hear in the banter um, this past week. So I didn't really get to be here for this past sermon, but this one was good. And I, I'm glad to be back in Luke. Uh, Advent was cool, but I, I really enjoy where we're going in Luke and hearing what uh, God's doing through that. So it was an interesting text. Like just these few verses can be really confusing. I can, like you can see, because it's like, huh, how does that apply? Yeah. And then, um, I, I, prob- I probably heard this text like, preached before, but I feel like a lot of times it's focused so much more on the latter part about divorce and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Just because Jesus mentions it, but I, I appreciate the, how you pointed out like, hey, this is just kind of like a supporting thing that Jesus is doing to support what he's actually saying above. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to, to really think that the main point of this passage is about marriage and remarriage and divorce is to think Jesus is like a horrible speaker or Luke's a horrible writer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't fit unless there's something else going on. I think there's something else going on. Yeah. That's yeah, good. that's good. Zach, have you anything to say about your own sermon? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I knew it was coming and I was like, this is weird. You know, <laughs> How, where is this going? And then just studying it and, and, and studying about historical views on this passage was really, was really enlightening and, and, and fun. And, and then just really kind of where it lands in this idea of Jesus just saying like, you know, my people are going to obey me. My people are going to be generous stewards, which was last week. And now he's like, my people are also going to obey me. You know, they're not just yeah. going to love all the things the world loves, but they're going to love me and they're going to love my kingdom. And, and that's what it was about. And I, I, I think you see that in the text when you take it in its context, when you take the whole whole story of Luke in its context, you get to see that and it's fun. That's yeah. what I love about preaching the books of the Bible is you see like, man, like this has so much richer meaning when you see what's before it, you see what's after it. Yeah. It's like Luke's a phenomenal writer. He had the Holy Spirit's help, which is always nice. <laughs> and Jesus is just a great teacher. He's God, which is also helpful. And so you see those two things come together and it's just been great. So yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was good. I love you pointing out like the whole context of the situation because you think about anything, like it's, it's cool seeing like a marriage come together, like two people get married. But when you've been there to see where they were before separately and you're able to see what comes after the fruit that God's using that, that makes the whole story of that marriage even better and that wedding even more beautiful. Oh, for and sure. And so you can see that in just in anything, having context will always help you understand better and more enjoy what is actually being told here and what's actually being said and done. That's a killer analogy, man. Yeah. I've used other analogies to describe that very thing. And now I'm throwing them all away. (laughs) That was good. That was really good. Because I even feel that like with you, even talking about your Florida trip, like there's so much more to it than just how was your trip? Like there's a million other things I'm asking behind that question because I've walked with you for so long. So I knew a lot of thoughts going up to it. I knew like I was anticipating like, Hey, how is this going to go? How's a big family and all these things. So I love that analogy. It's perfect. So I'm ta- throwing all mine away and taking that one. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, Zach, you want to give us our summary of the sermon? Just a couple sentences about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think I think it really comes down to Jesus just saying that uh, my people will love me and obey me. They're not be lovers of the things of this world. They're lovers of my kingdom uh, and myself. And we see that in the text. And I think uh, I hope that was the main point of the sermon. <laughs> but I think it was the main point of the text there. So uh, let's ask the question then, where do we see the gospel in this passage and in this sermon? I think you kind of hit on it already well, but uh, Margie, anything you want to like look at there and point out? Yeah. I think the good news in these verses is, is not just that, I mean, you shared it today in the sermon is not just like my people will not sin or my people will not do these things. It's that my people don't have to do these things. They can actually be free from being justifiers of themselves by men. Um, They can actually worry about what God says and not what other people say. And a lot of times I see that as bad news that I have to live a certain way and do a certain thing. But it's such good news if I think about it in its actual context. And I love that in these verses that 
God's people can live a different way. And that's good news. Not that I have to live a certain way. Um, I mean, I'll probably say this again, but the, you said this today, Zach, the people in my kingdom will live differently, not perfectly, but differently. Mm -hmm. I really love that. I really love that we have the freedom to live differently because our King is good. Um, he's in control. Um, so that's where I see the good news today. It's good. Zach, you want to add anything to that? I mean, I think obviously the gospel is good news. And I think the gospel is really displayed in this passage talking about the law and the prophets um, were until John and John came preaching the kingdom, which is the good news. It's the good news of the kingdom. Um, I think it's good news for us, but it's also good news for the world. Like if we really live differently, that's good for the world to see a culture, um, the culture of Christ, like Christ's culture embodied, not just talked about, not just preached about, but embodied in a people um, literally turns the world upside down. Yeah. So that's not just good news for us, it's good news for the world. Uh, and we shouldn't apologize for it or pretend like, I know people aren't going to like this, but it's like, people aren't gonna like this, but it's what's good for them. And so mm -hmm. we want to live differently yeah. um, so that they can see the goodness of God embodied in a people. Mm -hmm. That's what, I think that's what Jesus is trying to get at here. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I love both those points. I don't know if I have much more to add, except for maybe just thinking about the Pharisees are pointing out, you know, it says they're lovers of money. Mm -hmm. um, and it's good that God wants to point out the things in us that will kill us. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, cause what kind of friend would you be? And I've heard this analogy before. What kind of friend would you be if your friend's house is burning down, they're inside and you don't go tell them, you don't, you don't call a, you know, the 911, mm -hmm. you don't yeah. do anything. You just stand there and watch it burn to the ground and possibly them in it. That house, you know, you're not a friend. You're their enemy at that point. You're trying mm -hmm. to, you're for their destruction, not their good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Anything else you guys want to add to this? To maybe the good news that we see here? Well, even just if we go into just general takeaways, it was really helpful. And you did a good job of doing this in the beginning of remembering like this is in reference to the previous parable. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, okay, what was the previous parable again? Like I had to like readjust my thinking and it was really, really good to be reminded that like we say all the time, like the context is important. Like these verses are strange. There's a verse about divorce in here and it's like, wait, where does this fit in? So I do love one thing that you pointed out was that when and Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That idea that, and you are those who justify yourselves before men. And then that's an actual abomination to be caring so much about what men thinks that you care above the Lord. Like you hit that pretty hard and how serious of an offense that is. Like I always, I say this a lot, like I'm a recovering people pleaser and I kind of just like, it's in my mind, it's a lesser sin than any of these other sins. Yeah. But today I was like sitting in like, no, this is an abomination to the Lord to care more about what men around me think than the Lord himself. Um, so that was really helpful for me to be reminded of today. This isn't something he takes lightly. This is something that will kill me if I don't get it in check. So that was really helpful. Yeah. Well, and I think like the Pharisees, I didn't get into this, but like the Pharisees were actually good at keeping a lot of the law yeah. uh, outwardly. And they walked around with an immense amount of swagger because of that. Right. And I think what Jesus is, is able to do here is say, no, no, no. God's people don't walk around swag. They walk around with a limp. Ooh, and, I, and I, th I think with you, just based on what you just said, not anything I know about you, which I know a lot, <laughs> but if your biggest issue is a people pleaser, it's easy to walk around swagger. It's like, I've never killed anyone, never had an affair, never done this, never done that. Yeah. And it's like, look at me, you know? And yeah. it's like, no, 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 that's an abomination. Like your love above God of other people yeah. is an abomination. And, th and that really brings you down to uh, the foot of the cross, nailed before it, not leaning up against it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge difference. And that's one of the things Jesus is trying to get the Pharisees to see is like, you are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. the worst. And yeah. you need, you need, you need salvation. And, yeah. and, and that's the good news that, that God um, humbles the proud yeah. and gives, and gives grace to the, to the humble. So yeah, that's good. 
Yeah, I love that because I, I mean that's what the Pharisees are, and many times church people we are the new Pharisees. Like mm-hmm. we we're the only ones who can be the new Pharisees because we're the ones who think we know God's law, we know these things. And like Paul goes into that in Romans when he talks about, I mean, you know, we don't have to keep the law anymore. And that's so funny. Like you you brought up today about Jesus has fulfilled the law in the ceremonial part and um, the moral part and in the uh, civil civil part. Um, so he's fulfilled all aspects of the law and here the Pharisees are trying to keep it. And Paul's like, you don't have to keep the law, mm-hmm. but then what do the people do? And he says, you know, he's just kind of like anticipating what they're going to think. He's like, now you're probably going to think, Oh, well, I can do whatever I want. He's like, mm-hmm. Nope. Because then you don't love God. <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. so like, are we going to sin anymore that grace may abound? He's like, may it never absolutely be. Yeah. Not, yeah. So I, lo- yeah. I love that. You know, you pointed out in the sermon today that Jesus has fulfilled all parts of the law. So there's no reason we have to keep it like the Pharisees are trying to do. And in trying to keep the law, they become lovers of money. They become ple- people pleasers. Mm-hmm. They become these things that they are supposed to um, try to put off and hate. Yeah. I think it's a really good, and I'm going to use the same quote again that I just shared, but keeping keeping along where we're going, that I think it's a really good visual to have of what a follower of Jesus truly is. A follower of Jesus is not perfect, um, but they're humble. They're like constantly aware of their shortcomings. And I think it's really easy for people who are new to church, new to our church, new to any church to think like, oh, I'm never going to be, or like these people are perfect. I'm going to mess it up or whatever. And it's just the mark of a Christian isn't necessarily that you don't sin. It's that you, who you go to when you do sin. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important distinctive. That's why I love that quote so much. The people in my kingdom will live differently, not perfectly, but differently. One of the other ways we live differently though, on the flip side of that, which is awesome, is that we live differently by extending forgiveness to those who confess and repent. Yeah, that's good. We live in such a cancel culture where even confession repentance, or at least, you know, vocalized repentance is never met with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so, and so not only can we lead an example of, as Christians of God by confessing, repenting when we sin, but also receiving those who who have received God's forgiveness. And and we live in a world that's so antithetical to that. It's like, no, 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 you, you messed up. You're not getting any forgiveness. You're not going to, you don't get to do anything anymore. That's not what, what God's kingdom is about. God's kingdom is for those who have severely messed up and shouldn't be able to do anything more, but now they can because right. of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's good. We see Jesus. I mean, Jesus is kind of living in a similar culture there because the Pharisees are the ones canceling people, you know, like mm-hmm. you're unclean. You're not this. We don't, don't hang out with me. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the one who goes up to him and says, you're forgiven. Like sin no more. He's like, uh, yeah. Jesus is in a way he gets canceled for that. Like, cause he becomes the enemy of the Pharisees, yeah. which we see in this culture too. You show sympathy to those who have done wrong. You no matter how far back in their past is, no matter how much they've done to repent, to, to move away from that. Um, there, there's still many people out there who would see you as, well, you're on their side. You're part of the problem. When in reality, like when we don't show forgiveness, like how are we supposed to have it shown to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what like God says. God would say it's evidence you haven't actually received it. Yeah. Right. That's how serious extending forgiveness is, is if you don't extend mercy, you've never received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a, you extend mercy to receive it, but it's evidence. It's fruit that you've never received it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Terrifying. That's good. It is terrifying. I, and maybe this doesn't apply right now. I'm reading through, um, Ray Ortland's book commentary on Isaiah and it's just like, blowing my mind, but he talks so much about the beginning of Isaiah as actually being aware of your sin. And so I I wanted to even say, like, as we're talking about this, I think what's really important for our culture is to actually understand that we have messed up. Like, I mean, we all know that like deep in our bones, but sometimes like it doesn't fully like come out. It's like, cause our culture says like, 
this is the way you are, Mm -hmm. follow your heart, live your truth, like whatever that is. But like, there's nothing inherently wrong with you necessarily, according to our culture. But Ray Orton was talking about so much of coming to Christ talks about beginning with like, you are broken. Like the deepest parts of you are broken. And then when you come to the Lord and when you come to his people in that state, that's when he's like, okay, like let, let you actually feel the grace that is yours because you actually understand how much you don't deserve it. So I've just been kind of meditating on that in my own life is really trying to ask the Lord to like, let me just continually be aware of my brokenness so that I can continually be aware of how much he's forgiven me. And I think that's important to express to our friends, express to the people around us is just like constantly being people who are aware of our brokenness. Not that it's an excuse, but it's our need to be healed from that brokenness. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because there's a, there's a, I mean, we hear all the time people like, I don't want to go to the past or talk about, you know, these things like yeah. focus on positive kind of stuff, you know? And, yeah. and I get that sentiment. We don't want to talk about our brokenness. We don't talk about where we've been. Yeah. There is a tension for us to live in where we need to be honest about our brokenness and aware about our brokenness. Yeah. But also simultaneously realize that it doesn't define us. Yeah. Not in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and that is what you're talking about. Like, cause you, cause once you're aware of it, you can actually receive that forgiveness and feel yes. that forgiveness. Yeah. Like sometimes we stop short in talking about that, mm-hmm. that aspect of it, yeah. or, or we don't talk about the brokenness at all. So we actually don't, we, we take God's forgiveness for granted. Cause it's yes. like, well, I haven't really been forgiven. I just, just a people pleaser. No, not that big a deal. Yeah. And so that tension of like, I'm broken and yet I'm in Christ. Yes. Is, is, is a glorious place to live. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Let's move on and we'll talk about um, our OB portion. And just this is just a section where we each want to give something from this sermon that's spoken to us where we want to this week start to begin to apply that from what we've learned from the sermon this week. Uh, Margie, you want to go first? Yeah. I love that you said that this encapsulated how I was feeling. And you said in 2022, I want our people to come to scripture in a place of humility um, and actually believe God's word over their hearts. Our hearts are desperately wicked. They lead us in crazy places. And mine does continually to me and my heart is continually lying to me. So I really took away today is like, do I actually believe what scripture says? And when it's complicated, when it's confusing, like, am I willing to humble myself under it? Or am I willing to like, am I willing to listen to my heart over what scripture is telling me to do? Like recently I've been reading um, certain things and I want to say, I, yeah, I understand, but like, there's always this reason for me not to apply it. Right. Um, and I was just really aware of that today that I've just, I didn't realize that I was actually doing it and not even like there's things that I want to do that scripture's telling me not to do. It's more like things that are true of me that I don't want to believe. I don't want to actually sit in the goodness of the Lord or sit in his shelter or sit in his justification. Um, so to me, my biggest takeaway was like, in this whole year, it's a good time to be looking forward. Am I going to actually sit humbly under scripture and submit my heart according to scripture? Or am I going to listen to my heart over what scripture is telling me is true? Yeah. That's good. Zach? Yeah. My biggest takeaway from the sermon, um, and it's hard because, you know, today I was listening to it. I was preaching it. Yeah. Um, but this week, as I, as I was studying, I think the biggest thing for me was just realizing how different my life ought to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the worlds. And I think it's so easy. I mean, we kind of talked about, but to make excuses for some of the sins we have. And it's like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. But like Jesus said, like what's exalted among men is, is an abomination of the Lord. And so they're just really like taking inventory of my life and what areas of my life am I living in things that are exalted by the world. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is talking about clearly sinful things because the world exalts things sometimes, sometimes that are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, 
goodness, caring for the poor. Like those are, those mm-hmm. are good things. Now we're honest. People do that for greedy reasons. And I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's certainly things in my life, whether that's technology, uh, my love of trinkets and gadgets and toys that'll eventually be, you know, broken screens and in, in people's yard sales or something or Elium's Facebook marketplace, you know, uh, Vengers that he's, he's going on right now. But my life sometimes in those areas specifically can look a lot like the world's and, and there's an abomination and that just taking that so seriously to where like, man, I want to look different and not to not, not for the sake of looking different, but, but for the sake of glorifying God mm-hmm. and showing the world a better way. Um, and so I want to recapture that for myself, for our church. Um, and we do a good job and I don't want to hear our, I don't want our church to hear me saying we got to do all these things differently. We're doing so bad, but, but the reality of just like, we got to continually be reforming and, and focusing back on, uh, living a distinct Christian culture so that when these culture wars, which I use in a uh, air quotes, uh, cause I'm not sure it's really happening the way that some people think is happening. That's another podcast though. But that, that if there's a culture war that we actually have a culture we're fighting for mm-hmm. and not just fighting against yeah. other cultures, that That's we have good. a culture that we're fighting for. Yeah. So uh, for me, mine's similar to yours Zach, or it was, but I actually changed it cause I heard yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me change this up a little bit, but uh, honestly, just to, I just know one area of my life right now, like what I was thinking about when you're preaching the sermon and talking about, you know, God may sometimes take things away from you. that happened to me with a um, relationship I had a few years and then it just crumbles and everything I had crumbled with it because I'd put so much stock in it above God. So just wanting to like do a checkup on myself and be like, what, what am I putting ahead of God and um, what steps need to be taken this week, this year for the future to help me to just get those back in check. And also not just put those in check, but also just help me to build up this love and this desire for God that would outweigh all those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. It's exciting. And we have a uh, obey portion for the audience as well. You who are listening. So for you this week, um, just looking at in your life, what has become something you would call glorious that God would call an abomination. And will you take the first step in talking to someone or confessing that the God or, and others to get that removed? All right, well, let's move on to our meditate portion. And that is just our benediction we want to give to you this week um, to just pray over you. So may you continue this week pursuing not your own joy, but Christ, who has fulfilled the law and brought us into his fold, being obedient to him until his coming. Church, you are loved more than you know, and you're still sent. And tune in next week when we take a second look at another sermon. Until then, we'll see you later. See you later. See you guys. Bye. On my knees, I can see. Yeah. Are you watching Cobra Kai? I love Cobra Kai. Oh, Zach man, and I are expanded. watching Cobra Kai. I have not seen the fourth season, four. season just came out. Yeah, I know. I'm we're, so excited, but I can't watch it because me, Joshua, and Kyle watch it together, and I don't have Netflix at my house. Bro, so. We're three episodes, yes. and it is good. So I would be. I told Kyle like, if I had internet, I would be done with it by now. I don't know. Oh, so sure. we just started it, and we're already in season four. So sponsored by so Cobra Kai. Sponsored by Eagle Fang Karate. Eagle Fang Karate. Uh, if you want to see a dojo in Spruce Pine at the Grove, you know. Hit us up. Hit, find a sensei. No, yeah, don't. Yeah, <laughs> do not talk to. Zach. I'm only a green belt. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> he needs nothing more on his plate. That's right.